Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nerd Alert! Girls. Girls. Alright, welcome, everybody. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to say that as residents of Los Angeles County, we acknowledge our presence, including virtual presence, on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of Indigenous people who are variously referred to as the Gabrielino Tangva people and Keech Nation. I am your host, Bridget, pronoun she, hers. Welcome. Hi, and I'm hysterical. I, I mean, I'm Jen, with a G. Hi, pronoun uh, she, hers. I'm still hysterical. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wow. Alright, we're gonna we're just gonna start off the way we usually do with these what-if recaps. Where does it land on the what-if spectrum? And for those of you who may be joining us or maybe don't remember, one end of the spectrum is... Just kind of more small tweaks, but like a lot of plot ways, it would play similarly as in Captain Carter and T'Challa as Star Lord, where everything just seems to be totally the idea comes totally out of left field. We never could have imagined <laughs> it. it. Seems to change everything. And then yeah. the Marvel zombies, where it's like, yeah, it's been done before. Maybe like you know, just like in lots by lots of other you know genres and medias of like, what if zombies? That kind of deal. But yep. it does change quite a lot in the Marvel universe as we know it. So those are the three points that we talk about with this what if. So where would you say this lands? I would say it's on the one end with the Captain Carter. Because in the comics, Ultron was actually very formidable and actually gave the Avengers a really hard time. So it's not beyond the scope of imagination to know that there is a universe out there where he won. Because he had a good plan. It was... And again, he he was really, really powerful in the comics and repeatedly came back in the comics. So I can't remember how he was defeated last time. I think it was Vision, you know, in the MCU. But considering that he took Vision's body in this one, I'm like, no, no, I can I can honestly see that happening. So, yep, put him towards the Captain Carter side, in my personal opinion. No, I mean, I agree. Um, I mean, and I don't know if it's partially because I, I've even you know, seeing the what if Ultron won like like scenario before. Do you remember that um animated Avengers kids movie that, that my mom had gotten me for Christmas one time that we watched together? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. That one time that Roman Audrey's was canon. Anyway <laughs> <laughs> Except they were dead. Oh but... <laughs> What else is new? What else is new? But, like, I, I, I remember in there thinking mostly the whole movie was ridiculous, and I think, I don't remember taking Ultron too seriously there either, although, like, he did win, so I think there was a level of, like, intimidation factor, certainly stronger than, you know, the version that we knew in the regular MCU, if that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, you can kind of, you can kind of see how the beats played out, and, like, you know, I mean, it's pretty much, like, just, like, everything plays out the same, like, in terms of, like, yeah, his plan was to, you know, wipe out humanity, and he succeeds, and it expands even more, but it's, like, yeah, he's, like, a program, right, and this is his purpose, you know, according to his own interpretation, so, of course, he would, like, keep going, like, across the world, and now across the multiverse to do that, like, that, it's just kind of, like, yeah, yeah, you could see that playing out pretty pretty easily i think um but i think the way they even though you you could see that coming it wasn't in a way that felt like oh this is boring and predictable it was more like oh crap oh crap <laughs> oh crap <laughs> you know <laughs> so that's yeah that's kind of how i feel and that was just like me the whole time just like oh no oh 
no. Oh, no. <laughs> it was just like that on repeat. So, like, that was, cra- that was crazy, y'all. Or just, it was just a lot. It really, really was because I haven't really been keeping up on what's supposed to be coming up like every week or whatever. I don't try to, like, granted, I don't try to look. But what I try to do is every morning I try to watch this episode before I go to work. You know, that's when I have a little time. So I put it on What If Ultron won? And my first thought, I kid you not, was how? Like, because I'm more accustomed to the MCU version, even though I know in the back of my mind that he is scary dangerous in the comics. Again, a part of me is just way too accustomed to the MCU. So I'm like, how would he have won? Like, in the MCU? Okay, whatever. You know, and just from that moment, I swear, I must have bit my words so many times. Like, damn it. Oh, oh. In between all the... All the O's and the oh crap. There was a lot of hysterical laughter. Like, I'm like, <laughs> of course that would happen. Oh, <laughs> that was, oh no. <laughs> you know, just, it just kept getting worse. You know, I'm thinking, oh, okay, Natasha and Clint are still alive. We're fine. The Avengers, they'll avenge us. You no, know, it did not go that way. It never Yeah, went that so way. I knew they would, I mean, I knew they wouldn't succeed, even if it hadn't been for like the trailers that I have seen. Like, we knew from the end of the party Thor episode that like ultron vision appears um or i guess i should just say ultron appears you know all decked down in fanny stones so so like we knew how this episode would go just because of that right even just going by that alone and yet like i kept thinking like the like the watcher like there's still hope (laughs) you know and (laughs) (laughs) and there is still hope but like you know things are looking really dire and this is like a real turning point in this series and i have to say like i think it really is like next level like beyond what i even expected from what if because this is how i thought of what if before it started or even when it first started with like captain carter or even the t'challa episode where i'm like yeah it's gonna be a bunch of like you know it's like an anthologized series like it's they're not necessarily connected to one another um they're just like various what if scenarios and like you know as someone who dabbles in lots of fan fiction and reimagining things with Marvel and as well as with other fandoms, it's like, yeah, that sounds like my to- totally my cup of tea, you know, plus Captain Carter. So, like, you know, I, I was already, like, into What If because of that. And I was like, oh, that's the cool thing about it. You can kind of come in and now watch, you know, that you don't necessarily have to watch all the episodes necessarily or even in, in order. But, like, suddenly you started seeing certain threads and, like, the watcher started to develop a personality where you're like, wait a minute, I think there's something more to this than the original premise that, that I understood. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, it's we're really seeing it come to a head now. And, I mean, I think we, we got the biggest hint of it with the Doctor Strange episode. I think it was the first time I think you and I were talking about, like, wait, the watcher has a personality. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like... I don't know, there's this interaction with the character, like, you know, the fact that Doctor Strange is the first to recognize the Watcher's voice, or to hear him, you know, it's, yeah. and it's, in a way, it's, it was a foreshadowing of what Ultron would ultimately, you know, hear and see, you know, and, but it does show the difference between the two, whereas, like, Doctor Strange kind of ends up just pleading with the, with the Watcher and doesn't try to go in and attack him or something, because he could have gone oh that my route. Gosh. Now that I think about it, he could have been, like, well, I'm just going to bust out of here and find my way to the Watcher and just, like, make him do what I, you know what I mean? Like, he he could have actually gone that route now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead we get him, you know, being a very broken man at the end of his episode. And it's like, yeah, you know? 
it, and he admits it, it's a prison of his own making, but I'm getting too far ahead of myself. But, like, I just want to say overall, yeah, I was just really stunned to see, like, this episode in particular bring together, like, all these elements, and then suddenly it's, like, tying all of these, what felt like disparate, disparate episodes together, uh-huh. you know, into, like, a plot, into, like, you know, again, like, you know, and bringing that concept, I think, of, like, time being, like, a prism. I mean, you saw, like, all the visuals of the breaking glass, you know, during the, the fight with Ultron and and the Watcher, and, like, you really see just, like, that visual reminder of, like, prism and the complexities of it, and the complexities of these different universes and how they all exist in the same space and yet not exist in the same space at the same time, you know. And in a way, I think that does reflect the series itself. It's like, yeah, they're all different facets of a prism, but the fact is they are all one prism still. Do you know what I mean? Like, different sides of it, and you if you just look at that one facet of that prism you really you, and you don't look at the whole picture you're like oh wait but they're still all connected because they're all part of this one piece this one prism does that make sense no no i know exactly what you mean and it is so awesome to see this all come together you know because like you bridget i was thinking oh like different stories this is so cool but then once things started getting like bittersweet towards the end there and we started seeing like these loose threads it's like okay is there like a bigger plot going on here and I'm a fan of those. I am such a huge fan of those. Some of my favorite book series are like, oh, they each got something going on, but then there's something kind of simmering in the background that comes to a head later on. And I am just excited to see how this is turning out so far. Because, like, you were right. The fact that we saw Ultron in the previous episode with all the Infinity Stones, it sort of hit me, like, maybe a fourth of the way through the episode. I'm like, is he gonna get the infinity stones on this one and sure enough he does and i'm just like oh things are coming together you know and again i don't want to get too ahead of myself by explaining all the moments where i'm just like oh my god that has the potential for that that has the potential oh my gosh just i was losing my mind over this folks and the fact that they kind of been alluding to the prism as you said bridget even in the watcher's introduction when you know, they're going through the initial credits and you've got those fragments of glass with different uh, characters in it. I never really thought much of that, but seeing that it was foreshadowing and a really great symbol for like multiple dimensions of a world all connected as one was gorgeous now that I think about it and very well thought out. Like, I don't know who came up with that idea, but Matt, kudos. That is brilliant. Yeah, it also shows how limited, like, the understanding the TVA had about time, you know? I mean, I know people pointed to that before, but, like, I think it bears mentioning again, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, so let's start from the beginning, then. Like, it, it opens up with, you know, like, the end of a universe, as the Watcher says, you know, but he says, this, this one breaks my heart. Yep. <laughs> And it, it was, it was true, it was, he was right, it was really heartbreaking just to see the decimation that Ultron commits, you know, not only across the planet where you see the broken shield oh. and all the other Avengers dead, um, but also, like, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy, how they're in blaze of light and, like, Korg, you see the scene of Korg and, you know, Captain Marvel where you think, oh, is she gonna get nope. him? No, she, of course, of course she, she doesn't. doesn't, you know, and it's like, the devastation is just, 
anyway, so like it, it's already like you know just from the very beginning though we get this harbinger of like this one breaks my heart. I'm like, wow, okay, so we already know that the Watcher is actually a really compassionate person, yeah. uh, being, and so like you know when when the Watcher says that, you know it's going to be bad already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and can I just say? I hate Tony Stark. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, all right, all right. This is not like this. Is, I, I feel like I just in this moment, okay. Like in general, I do not. But just in this moment, I'm just like, oh, screw you, Tony Stark. Like you, like are destroying the multiverse now. Like not just the, not just you know Sokovia, which is obviously really bad. Not just Sokovia. Not just the Avengers and breaking them up. Not just that. Not just so many other villains he's created, but literally, like, is leading to the destruction of the whole multiverse. Like, just think about that. Dear gosh. I I just, I think I felt a sliver of pride, and I'm pretty sure that's all the way from Caroline. Oh, okay, (laughs) listen, listen, okay, I'm sure that there are, well, I don't know if there are, like, Tony Stark fans, and I'm sorry if you feel like I've just, like, crushed you. (laughs) 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 But, like, you know... And, like, again, in general, I think, you know, it's, like, the Watcher himself says, like, this is a man who envisioned peace, you know, and this is a man who, who didn't, I, I think, who felt the need to keep fighting and fighting and fighting and keep building more and building more, you know, but, like, like and, and yet wanting to find the stop. And it's not like I, I don't believe him, but I think he's just, like, he keeps thinking, I just need to go in deeper, you know, in order to to fix the problems like i don't know it's kind of like no i gotta i gotta dig my heels in deeper to like building more you know iron man and like you know even more into like weaponry even more into like my intellect and my ego and like you know and like i'm not saying he doesn't like you know and didn't have like good intentions or anything like that but like you know you know it's like it's kind of like what wanda says like uh you know when talking about ultron to Steve, where it's like, yeah, Ultron doesn't know the difference between destroying the world and saving it. Where do you think he gets that? Oh, and, and I right, think huh? I think that exemplifies a lot of like you know Tony Stark and his like um, many failed attempts. I think to sa- save the world and not understanding like what that should really mean, and and you know it's just like really heartbreaking and frustrating to see the different iterations of that, the different consequences of that you know, because this man can't stop himself. You know what I mean? No, I see what you mean. That said, too, though, it still annoys me that the blame is laid squarely on Tony Stark. I said all that, and and yet I'm also annoyed that all the blame is laid on Tony Stark <laughs> because, because Bruce Banner also helped to build Ultron. Like, I, I, I just, it just really bugs me that, like, people just, even Marvel itself just seems to kind of gloss over the fact that Bruce is, like, equally culpable. Like, Tony came up with the idea. He was the main instigator. I get it. You know, and it's super easy to, like, point the finger at Tony. But, like, Bruce did it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Bruce, like, enabled him, you know, to, like, build Ultron. Like, I don't, I don't, it just bugs me. I'm, like, you know, as angry as I am with Tony Stark and as much as I, like, I'm really against him right now, I'm also, like, but also wasn't just him. (laughs) Like, 50% of this anger really should also go to Bruce. I have to say it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Again, I, I think I feel Caroline's pride just swell right now. <laughs> uh, 
yeah. I, I know what you mean. And I, I honestly, I was irritated where I'm just like, I'm sorry. Kind of give Bruce some blame here. I'm sorry. I love him so much, but nah, boy, he did it too. And I always forget what the, the, the phrases about good intentions mean like nothing in the face of consequences or something like that. And all I could think was, oh my gosh, if, if someone would have like, like told Tony, Hey, chill out. Yeah. I get your intentions to want to create an armor around the world. I get that. I mean, this dude is reeling from the, the invasion of New York, you know, courtesy of Loki and seeing beyond the wormhole. And I, if I'm remembering the movie correctly, he's also reeling from Wanda's mind manipulations where he thinks that he sees all his teammates dead. Which, yeah, that's traumatizing. But man, do not be fueled by panic. Just just take a moment, have a clear breath. And that's, yeah, that's, you're so right, though. He is fueled by panic. I mean, okay, I don't want to get talk too much about Tony Stark because this episode isn't about him. But Nah, like, they up and killed him again. He survives no iteration. <laughs> he doesn't. Uh, I think, I think Caroline, I feel the Caroline part now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there <laughs> it is. Yeah, you that. feel that? Yep. Yep. I know. For those who don't know, Caroline is a hasn't been on the podcast with us for for a minute, but like she is a, a frequent co-host with us, and yeah, it's not a big fan of Tony Stark, but like you know, I think he is fueled by panic. I think that is such a true thing to say, and like man, I don't think that man's ever seen a therapist in his life, and I really nope. think that like he should have. <laughs> I think the world would have been in a better place. Anyway, seriously, seriously, I can go on a whole tangent of superheroes who need therapy and what few are actually receiving it in the comics yeah i know seriously seriously anyway so we start off as the watcher said in a heartbreaking scene apocalypse it is it is a nuclear apocalypse folks like we learn later that ultron fired all the nukes you know and we kind of assume as much when we see natasha leading all those other ultron bots to like a trap and the fact that it's only her and Clint, and I swear I was hoping, like, please tell me another Avenger is going to pop up, but of course they never do. But you know, considering that Natasha and Clint are the non-powered ones, and according to my sister, are the weakest, most useless ones of the group, they survived. And man, they were kicking ass. Man, your sister makes made me so angry with that, but I'm gonna let that go. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> How do you think I feel? I'm related to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all right. So I do want to talk about the whole nuke thing. There's like a couple things that I like. First, I guess like this Ultron is just smarter because he doesn't try to make a meteor out of Sokovia. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, I was going to say something about that. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Got you covered. Um. Not that I don't, because he, I remember they say that he does try to access the nukes, but, like, Jarvis stops him. So I guess in this universe, too, it's, like, I guess Jarvis failed. Um, I guess, yeah. So there's, like, I guess maybe a dual thing with that. Because, like, I think because he couldn't access the nukes, I guess he decided to do the Sokovia thing. I mean, it still wasn't the most practical idea, but, you know. Um, Seriously. I, I think it's just, like, in this universe, basically, like, Jarvis fails. My heart. And, like, but, like, it's also, like, a testament, again, I mean, I, you, we see, like, a quick cut of, like, uh, Ross's face as, like, all the nukes are launched. And I just keep thinking, well, yeah. Oh, my gosh, right? I mean, it's, like, the mil American military, I mean, not just the American military, but international militaries with, like, 
who are in these like nuclear, you know, programs and like saying, well, we'll nuke you, we'll, we'll nuke you, you know, it's like, y'all built that, <laughs> you know, you're all in despair because Ultron <laughs> launched them, but like you built them, you know what I mean? So like Ultron built them. Uh huh. So I think there's something no, to say very about, good. Yeah, yeah, about militarism and just, you know, the fact that like these nukes actually are existing in our real world, <laughs> you know? Like, they're actually there. <laughs> like, the nuclear apocalypse actually could theoretically happen. You know, maybe it's not done by an Ultron, but, like, just, like, think about that for a second. Yeah. Yeah, pretty sure I saw a cartoon episode about that where it's like, I'll nuke you. No, I'll nuke you. No, I'll nuke you. No, that's a real dangerous thing, folk. And honestly, the look on Ross's face was priceless. It was that classic, my God, what have we done look. And I, I swear, I've never liked that guy. But I kind of sympathize for like a split second knowing like, yep, we're all screwed. I know, man, we're all screwed. Y'all, why'd y'all have to build those weapons? Oh, because uh, he was building that weapon. So? So? How about you be nice to the guy? Uh, Whatever. Whatever. I'm not going to get into politics because it just pisses me off. Excuse me. Yeah, you should be a diplomat, Jen. (laughs) Anyway, okay. Um, Yeah, so... Those, those are the things I was thinking about, though, in that moment with, with the news and, like, you know, and then Clint says Laura, and I'm just like, mm. <laughs> oh, of course. Right in the gut, folks. Yeah, I know. And, like, ah, oh, man, I just, and it really is amazing that they do, like, survive as long as they do, you know what I mean? Because, like, mm-hmm. I mean, Natasha didn't even survive Hank, but yet she survives Ultron in this, you know, with all his centuries and everything. You know what I mean? Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, oh, wow. I mean, okay. Actually, do you know what they were doing in the air at that? I can't remember. Honestly, I cannot remember. I, I feel super bad, but I, I can't remember. I think they were going to launch like an aerial attack of some sort. So they just happened to miss the worst of it. But damn. Do you think, like, anyone else on the planet is alive? Like, anybody? Considering all the spots that the the nuclear bombs have hit, I think it's possible, just a very slim possibility. Just v- very slim. I really, really hope that's not the case, but then I also loathe the thought of roaches roaming this earth, too. So, if those two are the only ones, I'm going to be very depressed. But it, uh, it's very likely. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, with like between all the centuries and everything, because not everyone has like the, you know, spy skills that Natasha and Clint do, or the fighting skills. So like, you know, even if there were like civilians who survived, like, you know, would they necessarily survive the centuries? I mean, I don't know. It's a very dark thought. You know, I mean, I kind of like across the universe. I would have to imagine there's at least you know a few survivors, just because like. You know, Clinton and Natasha did survive, so it just kind of makes me think, yeah, I think um, there might be, like, a few folks out there who have managed to, you know, evade Ultron, but, like, I think it is, like, very, very slim. And honestly, I am surprised that they are still carrying on. I mean, like, Clint obviously has, like, says his will to live is flatlined, and, you know, he sacrifices himself at the end, kind of unnecessarily in a way, but we'll get into that. And, like, but, like, Natasha, she's still, like, you know, going forward, I'm just, like, you know, I mean, not to get all, like, super dark again, but, like, it's kind of like, yeah, Clint, Clint, I see kind of where Clint's coming from. It's like, what are you going to have to fight for? Like, do they think, I mean, or does she think that, like, if they can just, like, you know, disassemble 
like Ultron that maybe she can get the Infinity Stones and like bring everyone back or somehow. I I'm not sure. I mean, there's also the Time Stone. Like I, I just wondered with that. It's like okay, Ultron's defeated, but like say you literally are the last two beings to exist. You know what I mean? It's kind of like what what do you do with that? And I don't know if she's like really allowed herself to think about that possibility. You know, or again, if there are survivors that just like we don't see, I don't know. Just a question that I had. Nah, hard to say, but I can see Natasha being the type that doesn't think about it because she's she's a spy. She compartmentalizes where she's just like, okay, fight now, cry later, you know. And she's thinking, I still have Clint, and even though this dude is ready to go off the deep end here, we have to try. We have to try to survive. We have to try to stop this this robot. You know, before, I don't know, I don't know if she knew the power of the Infinity Stones at the time, because I know, like, she and the other Avengers were kind of sort of aware of them because of the Mind Stone, but otherwise, I'm not sure if she realized the full potential of the stones, especially since she herself didn't see them in action when Ultron got a hold of them. So, I'm guessing she's just very determined, very persistent, and figured, you know what, we gotta try at least, you know it. If not for myself, then for Clint, and then for all the people who fell with us, uh, maybe like that was on her mind. I don't know, but either way, I am pleased as punch that she survived. Yeah, <laughs> me too. But okay, I well, I want to keep going through the episode though chronologically though. So, all right, so Ultron uh, has taken Vision's body, and like, it's, let me say, it's super weird to see Vision be with like the not quite James Spader voice and the red eyes. Like, it was just like, oh, Ugh. Vision, my baby. Wait, that's not Vision. I know that's not Vision, my baby, but wow. <laughs> you know, yep, still hurts. Still hurts. I mean, I guess the fact that he exhibit like, Ultron exhibits as much power is the reason, like, Thanos comes to Earth sooner. He doesn't even send his lackeys. He, like, comes directly with all the, <laughs> you know, with all the stones in his gun. And then... He just is like, hmm, interesting. And then, like, lasers him in half. <laughs> like, I... And the look of shock on Thanos' face just before he falls apart, I'm just like, like, literally falls apart. I'm just like, oh my gosh. What did I just watch? <laughs> like, first of all, if it was that easy, why did we have to go through Infinity War? Seriously, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, this dude had all stones but one get sliced in half in a split second by a guy who had an infinity one infinity stone it didn't even quite use it for its intended purpose just looks at him just slices him in half i swear to gosh people i lost my mind i could not stop laughing and thank <laughs> gosh i had already had my breakfast or else i would have choked on it I just could not stop laughing at the absurdity of it. And like you said, what was the point of Infinity War if it was that easy? I swear to God. Like, I laughed because a part of me felt vindicated and a part of me was just like, why was it this easy? And another part of me was just like, oh, crap, that's how he gets the stones. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it was a great moment. I had to pause, stop, continue laughing, then rewind, watch it again, and just laugh a little more. Oh my gosh. Oh. So good. <laughs> I don't know how morbid that makes me. But it no, I enjoyed it too, things. Jen. Like, it just something, there's something like darkly funny about it for sure. Uh, his face <laughs> went just like, oh shit, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sliced in half. He aimed for the head. He aimed for the head. 
he started from the head. He's just like, huh, an individual with an unlimited amount of power. Okay, kill. No banter. No. No, what are you doing here? Yeah. No, I'm here to bring people. Nope, just, okay, kill. That but, is my kind of villain. I hate, like, no, and, okay, so let's talk about that big picture. Like, Ultron is very threatening here. Like, you know, he's not monologuing, like, like based on a Disney movie. Like, he's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he just, he does, again, you're right. Like, he does, like, you would, even within the MCU, there's a lot of just, like, with even with the villains like stop talking banter let me tell you about my evil plan and here it's just oh like God. no Kill. death yeah but and it makes sense though because he is an ai that's why the monologues yes. in age of ultron didn't really make sense and like you know in the sort of like kind of i don't know bratty child vibes that you know you really get here it's like no he is truly cold and calculating and you know, we'll just do the thing. We'll just, like, follow his program, so to speak. And, you know, isn't really... Yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, just, like, the brutality of it. The cold brutality and, like, logic and single-minded determination to do the thing that he was designed to do. And instead of, like, engaging in actual self-reflection, he's just like, wait, there's more I can destroy, you know? Right? Oh, my gosh. Something else he kind of takes after Tony Stark. All right. Sorry, it, it's there. <laughs> I'm really sorry, y'all, for if you're a Tony Stark fan, I'm just ripping on him. I really, I, I know, I know how that feels. So <laughs> I apologize. Um, but like, you know, at the, you know, at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Like, the self reflection, reflection, I think is a, it's not a strength that Tony Stark's, and neither is it is, neither is it like you know, Ultron's. Just like stating the bare facts there. At least according to my interpretation, so I'll I'll acknowledge that. But yeah, so like, so he just slices Thanos, you know, and (laughs) casually takes the Infinity Gauntlet, and yeah, and then like it was it was wild to see him like amass the drone army, and like I did wonder what the black dust thing was when he was gathering the stones. I was like, are those like nanobite nanobots or something? Do you see that? Like, I wasn't sure what quite to make of that, because this was before he had, like, the stones, and he saw the red dust, and I was like, oh, yeah, the reality stone, probably, or something, you know? But, like, before that, it was, like, this black dust or whatever that, like, gathered the stones, and he brought them up and made himself, like, a sick new villain outfit. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> As you do. Why not? Yeah, I wasn't quite sure what that was, either. I figured... Maybe he had tried to destroy the stones at first and that was like ash or whatever, but I think it's more the nanobots. I honestly don't know, but either way, this fool, of course, gets like a villain upgrade and is just like, there is more out there. There are other worlds out there. You know what? I'm going to bring my bullshit piece to them too. Let's do it. And man, we get this sequence of him destroying planet after planet after planet like nothing seriously when he destroyed asgard punch to the face he destroyed the sovereign i was just like oh wait the gold people oh no the guardians you know and he just oh my god the fact that he got ego the planet i, I just, know i took some satisfaction in that too not gonna lie i was just like <laughs> wasn't as funny as thanos getting sliced in half well because we just we just see the planet get destroyed rather than, like, ego and human form, you know? I think that's partly why maybe there's, like, this disassociation we probably had. 
Yeah, but either way, this dude just goes through it and seeing all these familiar faces get slaughtered and look just genuinely horrified. Seriously, the Grandmaster, the look on his face like, oh crap, you know? And oh my god, it was brutal to watch. It was cold, it was calculating of Ultron because in his programming, he truly thinks what he's doing is right. And he doesn't quite believe that you know, what he's doing is in any way wrong. He's following his programming because you can't have peace unless there's no one there to make up trouble or whatever. And man, when Ca when Captain Marvel showed up, there was a small part of me that's just like, man, I really hope she wins, but I know she's not. Just, I was just like, please just give him a good ass kicking before you die. But of course, like she manages to get in a couple of punches but nothing quite as satisfying, I suppose. And unfortunately, he nukes her and the planet she was on. I believe it was Xandar. I can't quite remember. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's like they have even a little exchange. You know, I mean, she makes a reference about like the robot movie, but like then like when they're fighting and she, you know, I mean, for a second, she almost looks like she has the upper hand on him. But like, you know, when he says, oh, you have spirit. And I'm just like, oh, Ugh. <laughs> get out right? of here. You know, stop. And she's like, you can't win. And she must be feeling already his power, like, overpowering her. And he says, I already have. And it's just like, oh, that's oh. a really good villain line, you know, just as he's about to destroy everything. And it's like, he, he's not wrong. He did. He already had. Yeah. And then we're thinking, okay, he's destroyed basically every planet in the universe. He took out the big bads from the MCU. And from the What If series, you know, just took them all out without even blinking. Oh, crud. And then he's just sort of floating there in outer space like, it is done. What now? You know, what purpose do I have now? Yeah, okay. I mean, okay, so first, before before he gets into the almost existential crisis, um, he says, like, almost. finally, well, okay, I wanted to talk about the peace thing. So, like, he stops and he says, ah, finally, peace. And it's because, like, things are, everything is dead, you know? Yeah. There is actual silence. And, like, there's this, like, fundamental misunderstanding of what peace means. I mean, we're, like, Ultron never did understand peace. I mean, I think of um the scene of Ultron where, like, you know, he writes peace and blood on the wall, you know? And it's like, you clearly don't actually understand <laughs> what what peace means. And, like, you know, I think in a way, like, Tony's understanding of it was, like, peace means order. And, of course, we know from all the totalitarian, totalitarian regimes in human history that that's a bad way to think about peace. But, um, you know, for Ultron, though, his is just like, I am the only one who can exist in order for there to be peace, it kind of seems like. Yeah, yeah. Really twisted. And because, like, I don't know, because he looked at humans and was like, oh, they're just fighting, you know? And I guess, like, I mean, because he expanded to assume everybody else is just, like, like humans, where it's like, oh, it's just endless war and fighting and stupidity. Um, but, like, did he actually even take the moment to, like, think about different species? I mean, maybe he did or didn't. Uh, I mean, the, the stones could have given him that vision, like, that vision, I guess, like, he got for, you know, just looking through the internet and realizing humanity's gross, ugly history, right? Um, but it just was kind of interesting to me that he's just like, yeah, no, obliterate all life, you know, all of it's, like, um, irrational and you know vile and yeah again like not peaceful it, i don't know it's just like yeah so for him like peace like means like just literally 
nothing. Nothing except for him, you know? And and yet, like, he has this moment where he's like, well, what now? You know? And it and it's like and it's true. Like he like like man, if if he could have like just had that opportunity to really like think about that more, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just sit with that that awful emptiness. Yeah, why don't you sit with the Ultron? No, I mean, mm. no. Instead, like the Watcher, bless his heart, is monologuing and oh my <laughs> gosh. He ran his mouth. He ran his damn mouth. I'm sorry, Watcher. I love you, but if you would have stayed quiet, we would not be in this situation. I like okay. So like he says, like the realization nearly broke the machine. Ultron. It was now just a program without a purpose. Ultron ascended to a previously unattainable level of consciousness. He became aware of another, and I'm just like, as he's uh, going on, and you see like Ultron's eyes shift, and I'm just like, Ultron, uh, wa- Watcher, shut up. Watch her shut Stop up. Stop talking. Stop talking. Watch no, her no, shut no, up. No, no, no. <laughs> and, and like, I'm just like, watch her. I thought you're supposed to know more things than this. <laughs> right? It's just so close. It's just like, you became aware of another, not realizing the other was him. <laughs> watch Seriously. her. Watch what her, was please. Ultron's? Uh, is like, I hear you. I see you. I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> Seriously, oh my gosh, when that look of realization that Ultron was having as the Watcher was talking, I'm like, he hears him, he hears it, oh no, he's gonna see him, and sure enough, he's just like, who's there? I will find you, and I'm like, that's the Ultron that will make me want to crap my pants, that's the one, there it is. So creepy, yeah, okay, yeah, and like, the Watcher, I mean, I'm befuddled, the Watcher befuddled, he's like, I have I know how I have seen things play out. I know how all things have and will play out and could play out. And then he says, "And yet, what the hell is this?" <laughs> it's a very colloquial human thing to say. <laughs> like again, again, like his personality, and I'm just like, "Bruh!" <laughs> like he's just like, "Like how? How could this be?" <laughs> <laughs> Was, oh my god. It was funny in you know, a like in a like twisted way. <laughs> um Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. As someone who watches horror movies, like you're in this state of tension and then as someone cracks a joke or something unexpected happens, that it's not even all that funny. But yet you're just so wound up that you're just like <laughs> you know Dude, <laughs> the watcher? The fact that he did not know that this was coming, and the fact that even he looked terrified, like, oh crud, he hears me, he sees me, oh no. I was just like, okay, honey, are you gonna are you gonna break your vow to not intervene now? Because it sounds like Ultron's coming for you, and if he's not coming for you at this very moment, then he'll be at you by the time, just right before the credits roll. So you're gonna have to do something real quick. Natasha? Clint, please tell me you have an idea because the Watcher is starting to sweat bullets here. We're all starting to sweat bullets here. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. So nerve-wracking, folks. So nerve-wracking. I mean, that was like, that was so perfect. Like, the tension in this episode, the suspense, was very well executed because, like, Ultron doesn't burst through the prison glass right then and there. You just see the yeah. current of light and, like, the whispering voice, like, I will find you, I will find you. Uh, like, oh, no. <laughs> that will haunt me, folks. Uh, oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, like, so it's it's very, like, 
shudder, you know? And, like, yep. you see, like, the worry on the Watcher's face, who, you know, for the most part has been pretty cool and collected. So, like, to see that breakdown of that character, I mean, the small, like, shift in that character, I guess, not full breakdown, um, but, like, that shift in that character, you're just like, oh, if he's nervous, oh, I should be nervous, right? Like, you know. Exactly. It- it's like when you're in school and you're in that one tough math class or whatever, and you see the smart kid looking confused, then you're just like, well, what hope do I have then? Well, crud, you know? And I swear, seeing the Watcher, of all people, look nervous, I'm just like, Ultron's gonna break through, I don't know how, I don't know when, he is going to break through, and the Watcher, we've seen a little taste of his powers, but not quite in a way that could defend him or allow him to fight back, you know? Of course, we're proven wrong when Ultron, of course breaks in but getting a little ahead of myself there yeah no so that's that's simmering in the background and again i think it's a really great move in terms of keeping up the tension because it's a floating in the back of your head where it's like oh my gosh this is even bigger than just this universe right you think about the whole multiverse and like you know the water talks about like like this if this hunger is allowed to like touch the whole multiverse you know i mean we thought the zombies were bad right but like yep. you know it, with ultron it's just like there's just like obliteration you know and seriously all all i want is for ultron to break into one multiverse i want him to break into the zombie multiverse and then slice zombie thanos in half and then just go away like that that's all i want him to do i want him to slice another thanos and then just leave the other multiverses alone but no no this dude is so convinced that he knows the way to peace that he'll kill everybody in every multiverse. And right when he was about to have that introspection too, folks, it, it just, seriously, the Watcher, I'm not blaming you, but dude, oh my gosh, you couldn't have held back the narration just for a little longer, knowing that this dude has the powers to kind of sort of hear you. I mean, S- Stephen Strange kind of sort of like heard him and talked to him and felt his presence and such. You you think that, an AI with all the infinity stones would be able to hear you too? Dude! Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're right. That suspension and that tension was perfectly executed. It, like, kind of helped knowing, like, Natasha and Clint were still out there and that Natasha had a plan and that they were going through that uh, KGB filing system or whatever. And like the Watcher, the rest of us audience were just like, come on, man. Find whatever it is. Come on. We we need you guys. Let's go. Things are ramping up more so than we thought could be possible. Come on. Find it. What are you looking for? And even the watchers just said, come on. It's right there. It's in the box. Come on. Uh, uh, no, not that box. That box. Come on. You know, and I'm like, yes, that box. What are you looking for? Sola? Okay. Why not? What? what? Why? I honestly wasn't sure what Natasha was hoping to find, but Zola was definitely not the first thing that came to mind, honestly. It's a genius move, though. It makes total sense because, yeah, his mind was on the databanks and, like, how, like, they had, you know, um, found the, you know, the original copy of Luminate Camp, Camp Lehigh, or Lehigh? I can't remember how to pronounce now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, uh, you know, that they took, that like you know she knew that there was like quote so like a hard copy so to speak yeah and like 
Of course, they had a backup for, like, the Russian spy program of Zola and, like, the connections with, like, Hydra and the KGB and the Red, you know, it's just, like, yeah. it's nothing that's been made super explicit in, like, the main MCU as we know it, but it's made more explicit here, I noticed. Yeah, definitely. We always assume that there was something out there where all the secrets are hidden. And at first, like, Clint, I was kind of thrown off by the fact that there were hard copies, but Nat made a good point where it's, like, yeah, harder to get rid of, harder to steal, Plus, you know, having things digital are tricky to have because anyone could take it. And I'm like, you win this round. Okay, I get you. So, yeah, having Zola was actually a brilliant move in in retrospect. I At first, I'll admit I was a little thrown off, but I also admit that I would, probably wasn't thinking quite clear because I was wound up super tight. Knowing, like, okay, Ultron is trying to bust into the Watcher's domain at any moment. Please, whatever you're going to do, do it fast. This dude is going to win even more than he already has. Uh-uh. Do not give him that chance. So during that moment, we get a little bit of uh, Clint and Natasha, you know, bonding and being bros as they ought to be. Which, uh, speaking of, uh, going back a little bit when Nat and Clint first ambushed that one uh, group of subultrons, And they were just kind of tag teaming it where... You know, Natasha's leading him into a trap and Clint's just firing arrows all over the place, which most of them are super cool. I wish he had that in-universe that we I'm hoping to see more. But anyway, so they're working as an excellent tag team. And somehow along the way, Clint gets a metal arm because, you know, can't have a Marvel anything without someone with a metal arm. You know, why not? I know. And Natasha, of course, gives that perfect zinger of you know, retrieving his fallen off arm and handing it to him. And he's like, don't say it. And she's like, what? What do you expect me to say? Give you a hand? You know me. I'm not into puns. And I'm like, stop. <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Still still the best bros. And like when they walk first walk into the archives and like, you know, Clint says like, have you ever seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? And before she even answers, I'm like, of course she's seen it. She's a pop culture fiend how has she not seen right? it and sure enough she's like i love that movie i was like yeah of course <laughs> of course she does yeah and then of course he's like uh, well where do we start and she's like pick a box and i'm like well that's annoying <laughs> okay and they spend all that time you know shifting through all that stuff and clint is like just so ready to give up and i honestly do not blame him like before in, in Infinity War and Endgame, he lost his family. And, well, unlike before, there's no one to really take out all that anger on other than the Ultron bot. So I'm thinking that alone, wanting to take revenge against the guy who annihilated his family and the human race, that was probably the only reason why Clint was driven for as long as he was. But going through box after box after box and seemingly finding nothing... Yeah, I could see him wanting to give up, you know, and he's just like, what's the point of this, Nat? And Natasha being awesome, just like, nah, we got to do this, you know, just pep talk. They truly are the best bros ever. They balance each other out so well, just so good. And then, of course, Clint's ready to give up right when he grabs the box at the watchers, just like, it's right there. Grab it, grab it, grab it, you know? I know, and he, like, gives up, he slinks against the wall, and the watcher's like, what are you doing? And, like, <laughs> you know, he's like, you know, and Clint's giving up, and he's like, 
you're human. You keep hope against the worst of odds. <laughs> I just like that. That is a, like a little encapsulation of like the human race because I think that is pretty true. I think so too. <laughs> just like yeah, insane amount of like, and I don't mean like insane in a in a negative way. Like it's just like this amazing amount of hope again. Yeah, against the worst of odds. Like seriously, there is like this like kind of insane in like innate like sense of optimism. I think in in humanity. Like, to still, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's something that, like, the Watcher, like, must really like about humans. Especially because, like, a lot of these, like, at least the stories and the alternate universes that he's walking us through involve, like, humans as the main character, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so, I don't know. I just feel like uh, the Watcher has a soft spark for humans, and I just like seeing that. But, um, but you know, um, I think it is interesting, though, to see, like, I mean, we talked a little earlier about, like, Natasha, how she compartmentalizes things, you know, and, like, is, like, no, it's something about it. She's, like, fight fight to live another day, you know, and, you know, but at the same time, she's, yeah, she is very, like, lighthearted and, um, like, you know, still making the snide jokes and, like, Clint does a little bit, but obviously not to that same level that he usually yeah. does. Yeah, but she finds that amazing shield. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and says, "Is this my color?" And like, I'm like, of course it is. Oh. <laughs> like, I love you so much. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't. Anyway, but you know, he's like, but he's, you know, he responds like, "Don't, don't make this fun," you know. And I, I mean, it's totally understandable. Like, they've lost everything, and him personally has lost. You know, it. Every, it's just like. Yeah, and, like, that his will to live is flatlining. And it's a very morbid thing to say, but, like, a very true thing that felt very true to his character, mm -hmm. you know? The, like, the level of depression that he's fallen into. Whereas, like, with Natasha, she is, like, not that Clint isn't resilient, because he's still here, he's still standing, but, like, there is something about Natasha that is, like, you know, like, really surprisingly optimistic, and, like, I think it's kind of, I've even taken it for granted and think about her character. Like, there is something that's, I don't know. I think of that line in, in the Black Widow movie where, like, you know, her fake mom tells her, like, you know, don't lose your heart. Like, there's something, like, so bright and good in Natasha that, like, seems like there's just, like, this glimmer of light, even when there's so much darkness in her life and even in her own, like, you know, past and her own personality. But there's something, like, deep, like, like deep within her core that I think is just such a bright spot, you know? Like, like, she's, like, about, like, it's the little pleasures in life, like, fake ordering a pizza <laughs> from Ultron at, you know, asking about a gluten-free crust, you know? Um, but, you know, it's something as, like, silly as that, but at the same time, again, still fighting this fight that does feel, as far as, like, especially Clint is concerned, as far as we're concerned, like, feels, like, utterly hopeless, you know? But she's like, no, I'm still here, so I'm gonna keep going. Yeah. You know, there's there's something, like, there's a persistence about her, like a persistence to keep trying, even when she fails or when everyone tells her, like, you know, no, you're not good enough or no, like, you've got too much baggage or no, the odds are just stacked too high against you. Like, there's something really beautiful about her very, like, stubborn optimism. And I think this is just, like, the latest iteration of it. But I don't know, it just really is coming to the forefront in a new way for me, like, in seeing her in this particular scenario. Does that make sense? No, I know what you mean, because her optimism doesn't really show up too often, but when it does, it kind of catches you by surprise, because it's like you forget that it's there. Because she's not like what you would think an optimistic person would be. She's 
like she's realistic but she's also like you know what no the red room tried to take a lot from me but i'm not gonna let it take it from me i am going to keep my heart i'm going to watch all those pop culture movies as much as i want and i'm gonna make all kinds of references i'm gonna tease my friend who's probably never watched a movie or kissed a girl for like 70 years i'm gonna be a bro i'm gonna play with this russian shield no it's not gonna be doom and gloom for me otherwise what do we have you know I just, I feel like that would be her mindset other than the whole, okay, let's get to point A to point B so we can take this mofo down, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and, like, the thing is, too, like, I mean, you could say that she has pessimistic character. I think of, like, the line to Loki where she's, like, regimes fall every day, you know, but, like, at the same time, she was, like, playing a ruse for him, you know, is that really how, like, she thinks, generally speaking, you know? I think. say. Yeah, it's, I think it's an interesting point to pick apart about her character another time, but, like, anyway, so, that's just, like, what's coming up for me, though, and, like, um, you know, but she, she is relentless in, like, saying, okay, we have to, you know, keep going, but she's, you know, there for him, she does him as in Clint, like, hear him out, you know, and... You know, but she is the one who ultimately finds the file in the box. You know, Clint tries to, like, retroactively take credit, like, well, that was my box, you know. <laughs> but she's like, well, you feel like a real jerk for almost giving up. And, like, the watcher is just like, ah, oh, yes. And we're all just hey, like, gosh. Oh, I guess. <laughs> it's just so perfect. <laughs> it really was, like, that little moment of, now nah, we're not going to give up to, huh, I found it. And, uh, that was my box. Still found it. Yeah. <laughs> seriously that moment was just a nice little breather you could almost forget that ultron is pounding on the watcher's door until he yes, finally burst through speaking of like the but like even before that like while the watcher's like watching like please figure this out you know there's a flash and you hear ultron's voice again and like then there's a fact <laughs> where he appears and the watcher gasps and he's like really please figure this out and like again it's you know again this is before ultron actually like pushes through and succeeds right that's yeah. another little thing that, like, just builds up the suspense. Like, oh, you thought you forgot with all this, like, Natasha and Clint back and forth? Yeah, nope. remember, like, nope. you know, who is lurking just underneath the surface, right? It's, like, so, it's yep. just really well done. Like, I just cannot talk up the suspense, sense of suspense in this episode enough, really, truly. <sighs> yeah. So, anyway, all right, so let's talk about the big showdown with The Watcher and Ultron. Uh, it was pretty sick. <laughs> Honest to gosh, one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen, ever. Animation, real it does not matter. That was one of the best fight scenes. It was creative, it was destructive, and it was surprising in ways I did not expect. Because, like I mentioned before, the Watcher watches. I never really thought or even really considered the extent of his powers, but I always kind of assumed that he just watches, that he has access to take a peek at all the different multiverses out there i figured that was it but the fact that he was actually trying to hold off ultron and at some point when ultron's really trying to kick his ass that he's just like yeah i did swear an oath and i won't intervene but then still like comes up with these like judo magic moves or whatever and starts fighting back and they're crashing through multiverses while they're fighting it's like Every time one of them lands a hit, they're in another world. Some of them you recognize, you know, you see Wakanda, I recognize Jotunheim, and this beautiful New York shot where Steven Rogers is being sworn in as president. I, okay. I felt like they were throwing me a bone. Like, I, you know, obviously, Brid, like, Bridget Ramirez is not huge on Marvel's conscious, but, like, I imagine <laughs> that I am. 
like if nothing else because like uh manifestation powers i don't know just kidding um i don't have manifestation, <laughs> manifestation, manifestation powers but um you know just part of me felt like marvel was throwing me a bone there it was like oh yeah we killed steve rogers at the beginning of this episode we're sorry about that here's the universe where steven grant rogers becomes president <laughs> seriously oh he would be such a great president too actually a good decent person we're not gonna get into that uh, <laughs> so yeah no that exists and i loved it so much and uh i will not stop talking about it ever steven for president anyway. i want that on a button forget oh the loki God. for president i want steve for president steve for president yeah reminds me of a comic i actually drew of like him running for president like a while ago very fun anyway OG, yes yeah, so, um, anyway, yeah, so the fights that happen, and, like, Ultron's, like, gloating to the Watcher, and, like, says, like, you know, wow, isn't this more fun to be out here? Way less creepy, you know. <laughs> right? I'm like, pot, meat, kettle. Yeah, no, I was just like, seriously, Ultron, you really want to judge? You really want to judge? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, like, this is, like, the most Ultron has talked or ever gloated or monologued ever, because, like, with the others, he's just like... I find you boring. Die. You have spirit. Die. Interesting. Die. But this guy, he's just like, oh, you're the guy who has access to all these worlds that I need access to. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to gloat over you. I'm going to kick your ass. I mean, and like, you know, so I mean, what's so brilliant, too, is just like that, like the Watcher actually does give Ultron a run for his money a little bit, you know? Yep. Oh my gosh. Like, he so actually good. manages to stay, like, when you think, like, his head's, like, cracking, and I'm like, oh my oh. gosh. But, like, no, he just manages to punch Ultron out of the way just in time to escape, and I'm just like, oh, oh, thank goodness, you know, but, like, I mean, because he, I mean, he certainly lasted longer than any other character we saw face Ultron up to yep. this point. Yep. I think Thanos probably is the record, though. <laughs> <laughs> I will always find that funny, and I hope someone's made a gif of that moment. Uh, I'm sure they have, but... So good. But, no, but, like, no, the real... I mean, like, and, like, we talk about Ultron costume change, like, the Watcher gets a costume change. Yes! <laughs> upgrade, hero upgrade, yes! So good. Just, uh, I will not stop raving about that. So good. One of the best fight scenes I've ever seen. Just, oh, uh, thank you. Whoever animated that, whoever came up with that, thank you. I mean, just, like, every punch that landed in them in a different universe, and all the people randomly switching from, like, people to scrolls to, you know, uh, well, let's see, to, like, Wakandans to scrolls. Uh, I forget what other um, variations, but, like, it was just, like, all the glass shattering and, like, you know, or, like, you even see, like, the hole in, like, the, I guess, the wall of that universe. I'm kind of like, do those holes get left behind? Is there, like, going to be even more multiverse chaos now because of this? I know, right? I couldn't help but wonder that, too, but, like, but yeah, I mean, just like it was visually just very stunning. Like the visuals on this um on this episode and the cinematography was just like is was pretty next level, I would say. No, it was incredible. So beautifully animated, very cool, creative, and just awesome and impressive all around. I can go through every positive adjective out there, but oh my gosh, it was an experience, folks. It was an experience to just watch this fight and we're sitting at the end of our seats knowing like oh my god the watcher's getting his butt kicked and even though we have not seen him fight you c there's kind of this assumption that he can't quite be killed because he's the watcher you know i don't know if the fact that he can watch the multiverses ties into them remaining stable 
I don't know. But the fact that he was actually able to give Ultron a run for his money, I was just like, oh, oh, we get a fight now. Yes, you know. And then in the meantime, you know, you got all that fighting. Natasha and Clint are completely unaware as they infiltrated that one place where Zola is. And of course, he gives the same creepy like, I am downloaded and uh, you, I am speaking to Romanov, Natalia, and Clinton, Francis, Barton. What? <laughs> Francis? Francis? Like, okay, it was, I had the exchange. Oh, yeah, Francis? Really? How did I not know that? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Natasha, one, being a spy, two, being Clint's, like, one of Clint's oldest friends and not knowing his middle name. Yeah. And I swear, once they it was revealed to be Francis, I had like a Deadpool moment when it's like with a name like Francis, you know, I'm just like, oh, here we go. Francis being made fun of to all the Francis's in the world. We're sorry. But, but it I'm- kind of feels like a callback, though. I mean, I mentioned that the Avengers animated kid movie where Ultron had won and all the Avengers except for Tony and the Hulk had had died in the fight against Ultron. Right. And like, yeah. wasn't Clint's son named Francis? I'm pretty sure he was. Oh my gosh, it's been so long, but I think you're right. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. So I wonder if it's like, I don't know if Clint's like middle name has always been like Francis in like the comics or whatever, but like it, was, it kind of felt like a callback to that, like to his son. I don't know, Aww. especially because of the whole like if Ultron won, it just like felt like, you know? No, I get what you mean. And I don't know much about Clint Barton's character in the comics because I think majority of the comics I read happen to treat him as a joke. Sorry to all the people out there, but oh my gosh, yeah. So if that's his real middle name, great. And what did he say? Like it was his Mima's name or something? Yes, yes. No, it's a, it's a family name after my Mima. Don't you worry about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the fact that he said Mima. Mima is like a very specific. I mean, where does like the term Mima come from? You know, is it? I I always assumed it was a southern thing just because I first heard the term in the Big Bang Theory of one of the main characters, Sheldon, who was born and raised in Texas. He calls his grandma that, so I figured it was a southern thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I yeah, I don't because again, I don't know too much about like Clint's like backstory, so I'm like, huh? Because like, Mima is not grandma. It's like Mima is a very specific, you know, term for a grandma. You know? Yeah, yeah. I I have no idea, but either way, it was super cute in a moment of funny. Where, sorry, Natasha's response was just gold. How did I not know that? (laughs) It's just like, yeah. (laughs) It's very funny. Yeah, how did you not know that? How did you not know that? (laughs) Did she just not think to ask him? You know, did she she just assume he didn't have a middle name? Like, what, you know? She knew all she needed to know about Clint. (laughs) Just, she knew all she needed to know. They're fine. His middle name is Francis. And of course, Zola is just like, yeah, I know who you are. And then Natasha's just like, yeah, we've met, you know. Yeah, like it's like, all right, you can say the spiel. I've, I I've don't care. I heard it. <laughs> you know, um, but I, you know, okay, weird to say, but like, I mean, Zola was entertaining, very <laughs> um, <laughs> weirdly entertaining. Um, but like, you know, because of the whole thing, like, why would I help you? You know, and like, right, uh, and he's just like why would i help you and clint is like well and like you know gets a cup of water (laughs) (laughs) you're the last copy left on planet earth so uh you know 
And like there was a thing about the whole like I've destroyed many a laptop this way. It's true, just ask Shield IT. Oh my gosh, that was so good. And the thing is I could totally see that happening too. Yeah, that felt very true to to Clint's character actually. And I, I liked getting again, I like these little tidbits that we did get about him, you know, with the Meemaw thing and with like the middle name and like um and also like just for a second, like he was named after a grand not a grandpa. Like the middle name was like from like a matrilineal descent. You know what I mean? Like there's something really cool about that but anyway but yeah so with the whole laptop thing <laughs> you know and he's just like you want to die <laughs> you know? so, like hey we have nothing to lose we will destroy you and man zola's just like oh crap no i know it, it was it was very it was good it was it was very effective you know so like um you know that he uploads um onto like one of Clint's arrows cuz I guess they can do that and I, right what is up with Clint's arrows being <laughs> able to do all these kickass things all of a sudden Seriously are we going to see that in the Hawkeye show Oh uh, we better been holding back is, on us This is this is the chance to see it man I think we have been deprived I know that like Clint has amazing like amazing multifaceted arrows I know he does like you have to like bring more than like literal just bow and arrow i think to like you know fight with iron man i you know like like i think you do have to bring a little bit more than that so like and i feel like it just would make more sense in explaining like clint's presence so people wouldn't call him a weak avenger but (laughs) anyway so and also okay something that we talk about his metal arm and the arrows like is like so that must mean that clint's pretty technologically savvy i feel like I think there's a part of him, like, despite his crack about uh, sending all his laptops to the S.H.I.E.L.D. IT, I think he does know a thing or two. I mean, I I think about his life with Laura and his kids and they work on a farm. He must have some sort of tech savvy in order to keep that little farm up and running, you know, with the tractor, the Wi-Fi, what have you. So I'm guessing, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. must have provided, like, the pieces of the arm that's that's what i'm guessing but i'm guessing clint must have the know-how to maintain that arm that's that's just my guess because i i personally can't imagine clint building that arm from scratch but i think well i had thought that they had stolen it from a sentry oh is that it okay now that makes sense so he must have had definitely the technical know-how to be able to attach it to himself in a way that his body and his nerves can recognize, oh, that's a part of me. Okay, let's move when we move, shoot when we shoot, whatever, you know. So he must have that knowledge. You're right. You know, and it's something I never really quite considered before. Not that I've really thought much about Clint, no offense to the guy, but like, yeah, we're, we've learned a lot about him in this one episode alone that how many movies didn't provide us with, or maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I can't, I don't know. Sorry, folks. No, yeah, I, I really do think it's like something like, yeah, I don't know. He's actually given more of, like, a personality. I mean, not that he didn't have a personality, just that we really got to see it. He just didn't get a lot of screen time before. So, you know, um, but anyway, I, I digress a little bit there. But, like, you know, so they're, they're teaming up with Zola, and the idea is that he hacks into the hive, and that's how he, like, ult- they'll ultimately stop Ultron. And, like, the sentries are, like, trying to bang through the wall, and, like, you know... Zola had actually before that had made a comment like is not the first genocidal megalomaniac I've had to face before seriously (laughs) oh my savage and also true loved it so much I was like thank you Zola you're surprisingly funny okay thank you I kind of needed that thank yes yeah I don't know again like weirdly entertained by Zola I'm just like you were a Nazi I don't 
I don't really want to laugh at things you're saying, <laughs> you know, but like, right. yeah, but also acknowledging too, though, that like he like that, like Red Skull was a genocidal, you know, Mega Man, like, yes. Yes. yes, yes, he was a Nazi. Let's not forget. Anyway, so, you know, and virtually like Ultron's taking it to like multiverse level at this point and anyway so like so they're you know so Zola's like alright I I can't seem to make the connection or he, he we thought he had and then he didn't and so like they still have to and like so like you know oh but even before that though he's like alright I uploaded the link yay you know and uh he doesn't say yay but uh, <laughs> Natasha instantly like shoots his legs off and he's like what <laughs> We have to make sure you're not gonna do any funny business. Like, I, Natasha doesn't even answer. Clint answers for her because they're on the same wavelength. Yep. Because we know this, they are on the same wavelength. Oh yeah, you know. And like Zola's just like your team building instincts need to work. Dot's <laughs> <laughs> HR. I just like, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, yeah, don't trust Zola. Like, don't you know? We don't want him to run off on his own. Yeah, no, 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 no. Dude, you're only here for one purpose and one purpose only. And once that purpose was fulfilled, rest assured you're going to stay in that legless body. Let's be honest now. <laughs> I mean, I guess one concern I would have, too, is like, well, all right. So, I mean, let's say they had even succeeded. That Ultra wasn't, like, off-universe. Like, like, and, like, what, what stops him from, like, then, like, gaining access to the Infinity Stones and, like, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what his plan would be, actually, even after uh, that right? point. Like, what would he even Right? But, like, it is, like, a concern, you know, even though they shot off his legs. It's still kind of <laughs> like, well... <laughs> I mean, they uploaded him to an arrow, first and foremost. What more damage could he do? Especially since he theoretically had the power to shut off Ultron, even if the dude was off-planet. Just think about that for a second. This dude had that power... And, of course, unfortunately, he couldn't use it because that would have just taken down Ultron, no problem. But, well, yeah, you do raise the point. What would he have done? I don't know. Yeah, it, it's an interesting question. I mean, like, Clint himself is like, are you sure we want to put our eggs in this morally questionable basket? You know, <laughs> of course, there's, you know, Natasha turns out with that line, well, that's what the U.S. government thought about me. And, you know, we know that it's, like, her journey, you know, and she's like, yeah, it's it's a risky gamble. But, like, one, like, what other choice do they have? But the other is like, you know, it worked out for with me, you know, maybe there's something that in like that we can like either like I mean, obviously she doesn't trust Zola. Like it's not like that she trusts he has like good in him necessarily, yeah. but like, you know, that he will at least serve their purposes for good, you know. Yeah, no, no, I get it. And you. so yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so the plan like fails because at that point Ultron's already fighting the Watcher. And so, you know, the you know, they're just like, What happened? And, you know, and Zola's just like, I assure you as he's crawling away in his arms, <laughs> I assure you, if I had a life to swear on, I would. <laughs> I don't I, I want to applaud whoever wrote his dialogue. Thank you. <laughs> While he's crawling away, I totally forgot that little detail. <laughs> Like, oh, crap. No, yeah, it's important. It's an important need to just visually, you know, him and that broken sentry body. Just like, I assure you, if I had a life to swear on, I would. <laughs> just... 
so good <laughs> thank you the actor toby jones for reprising that role and then bringing that character back to life for lines like that just ah uh, so good i didn't quite appreciate it at the moment because all i could think was no why didn't it work no you know but now that like i've calmed down a little i'm just like <laughs> yeah this dude is pretty funny you know he'd be interesting to talk to if he wasn't being all creepy and i'm going to blow you up just because we're on opposite ends here you know just uh you know the fact that he didn't succeed i was just like well crap you know which leads of course to the run of their lives where natasha picks up legless zola here figuring well we gotta try again at some point yeah i know and like okay that's amazing though that she carried like natasha looks super buff and super tall have you did you notice that yeah yeah definitely like I'll take it. I love beefy, tall Natasha. <laughs> um, you know, but like, I was just, yeah, no, I was like really impressed with her. I was just like carrying the Ultra, like this Ultra Century body on her own by herself with the shield mm -hmm. while climbing up. I just like, what is there anything you can't do? <laughs> Seriously, this woman is incredible. I would just fluster if I were to ever meet her or Scarlett Johansson. I'd be like, hey, uh, can you like, Crack my back, please. <laughs> One of those things where it's like, yeah, you could step on me and I would thank you. I know it's an overdone meme, but like, there it nope, is. That is true personification of that because that is a meme that I never quite understood. But for, for her, please step on me. Please, I will pay you to step on me. Thank you. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, so they're in that final showdown. All the sentries are coming after them. And, you know, I mean, you could see that Clint's kind of already, like, ready to get in the thicket, but Natasha's like, no, get up there, you know? Yep. You know, but then, like, he gets shot at, and, like, Zola fights, you know, fires back so that the Ultron arms can't keep shooting, but then, at that point, he's fallen, he's injured, and he just says, Natasha, I'm tired. Uh... You know, I don't want to fight anymore. Picking up what he, what he already said before, you know, you can say, like, I'm not even frustrated, right? Like, I'm just tired. There's nothing left for me to fight for. And, I mean, part of me is a little bit, like, uh, Clint, you're leaving your only, like, you're leaving Natasha, you're her only friend in the world, possibly only, like, living companion in the world, and that you're leaving her? Like, <laughs> seriously, though, I got a little annoyed with that. I, I tried not to be, I really did, but I was just like, bruh. I mean, I understood it. I understood the depression, and, like, I don't think it really was letting him think clearly, you know, in terms of that. I think, I think he's just been... And we see him do it in the original timeline, like, that he is stewing in his darkness and his depression and his anger, and, well, in this one, I guess it's more, it's, it is more despair. And again, it's totally understandable, like, I think I would, you know, also feel the same if I were him. I would have given up a long time ago, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, so I know I'm not being totally fair with that, um, but at the same time, I was kind of like, no, but Natasha, you're gonna leave her alone, like, you know, but... And, you know, and it's like, I don't know, and it's reminiscent of the scene in Infinity War, like, whether, like, you know, except she's the one who's, like, saying let go Aww. and fall, for the fall. And, you know, and it's a sacrifice play, and then, you know, that she's Nikki. In a way, it's kind of like what Clint did, too, but, like, you know, and he sends the exploding arrow that, like, destroys everything, including himself. But, like, you know, you get the sense that it didn't necessarily have to play out that way, but he was just done, you know? Um, and, you know, okay, I I will admit the pettiness of this thought, but as he, like, let go and was falling to his death, I was like, finally, his <laughs> turn. <laughs> 
Yeah, I felt that was deliberate. Yeah. And like as much as, you know, I didn't want him to die, you know, um, like I'm not interested in killing off Clint for the sake of killing him off, you know, but just in the context particularly of Natasha's death, you know, it's just kind of like, um, yeah, or even like Quicksilver's death. It's kind of like, yeah, Clint should have gone. Clint should have gone first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and there it was. And like, I'm just like, finally, <laughs> there's a weird <laughs> sense of relief. And it's, I, I'm sorry. I acknowledge that is extremely petty of me to say. And like, it's extremely petty of me to say it, you know, too, because I'm like, finally, Natasha lives. <laughs> you know? But you know what? I think I have a right to be bitter about that. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Be as bitter as you want because. Even though I didn't quite relish in Clint falling, I did appreciate the them mirroring it. It's almost like Marvel saying, like, there, are you happy? He's falling, too. He died this time, too. And I'm like, I'll never be truly satisfied for what you did to our girl. But I'll admit, this 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 felt kind of good. I, I shouldn't feel good, but damn it, I felt a little good about it. I know, that's how I'm feeling right now, too. I'm just like, ugh, I don't want this to feel as good. But I will say, it was a beautiful, beautiful shot. Where it he's was. like he's falling down and he's like pulling back the arrow and all this is the sea of sentries below glowing red and like one sentry coming up to meet him, you know, as like golden light is pouring down. It almost like like looks angelic, you know. But it's a gorgeous shot. Um, if I don't know if anyone like uh, took the chance to like really sit with that, but like I would go and rewatch that where he like you know, let's go, and, like, there's just, like, one big, beautiful shot of just, like, it's, like, it's very cinematic, it's very artistic, and it was just, it was just very stunning, like, visually stunning, and moving, and so I thought that was also just a really well done moment, and, like, you know, and then Natasha, when she comes up, and she looks back, and she stands there, like, she hopes somehow Clint had made it out, and that was heartbreaking, (sighs) And Zola just saying, we gotta keep moving. And I'm like, you're right, Zola, but darn you. Like, shut up. Yeah, she had already lost so much. And of course she lost the one she was closest to out of all of them. Let her grieve. Then of course, like Natasha does, she compartmentalized and used her grief to anger and was just like, how come it didn't work? Break it down for me. And sure enough, Zola's just like, okay, so I should have been able to get like, link to the uh, Ultron hive mind, even, like, interstellar, but that must be he's not on this world, or I forget his exact words, but he points out the thing that we, as the audience, already know, and sure enough, right. pan back to the fight, where the Watcher and Ultron are just fighting each other, kicking ass, and the Watcher, he's just like, crap, oh no, I might lose, you know, and gets knocked back into a very familiar purple prism and we're just like it can't be and sure enough there's dr stephen strange the villainous one from that other universe just like oh hey you know i can't remember what he said but it was very snarky a little too snarky for someone who just lost everything well i mean he's himself said i don't we don't know how long he's been in that prison tips by himself for you know a while and i wonder if like part of him like, saw some of the goings-on, because he's already shown that he's been able to see and hear the Watcher himself, too. So yeah. I wonder if he saw that the Watcher was in trouble, and, like, he was like, oh, this is my chance. He looks like he's in a tough scrape. Is he gonna come ask for my help? Like, I don't know, there's something very, there's something very knowing in his look to the Watcher yeah. that, like, he kind of seemed to already know what was coming. No, definitely. I picked up on that, too. Yeah, so I have a feeling, because it's like, 
it is his personality to be kind of gloaty and arrogant, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, it is, like, kind of like, well, would he react that way if he was, like, literally stewing by himself this whole time, not knowing or seeing anything that was just going down? I really think he must have seen parts of, at least parts of whatever the fight was happening with the Watcher, and, you know, and, like, I mean, even if he didn't, like, the fact that, like, I don't know, I'm sure he, like, crash-landed in that little prism thing, he's like, oh, this looks bad, he looks in bad shape, you know? Mm-hmm. like. I don't know, there's just something, I don't know, I just have a feeling that he, he he had some wind of it, even before, like, the Watcher had, like, got up and turned around, just was like, <sighs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, he, you know, he called, like, the Watcher's like, oh, this thing has forced my hand, and like, you know, and, and Strange is kind of like, well, yeah, you, you have to say it. <laughs> Do I have to say it? <laughs> can't believe i'm saying this yeah i need your help i, I need your help i see i need your help I, I, I thought it was interesting i was like i see why is he can't believe he can't, like why is it unbelievable that he's saying like i see like you're the watcher you're supposed to be seeing <laughs> but the, you know it's an interesting statement that he says you know and it's ironic because he is the watcher you know yeah For him to like admit like i see right, like like to but like ultimately it's like I see a need for you and for me to bust you out of here <laughs> and mm. for us to deal with this Ultron. So yep. he broke his oath, folks. The Watcher is officially in it by interfering. I love it. Yeah, because I mean everything would just be destroyed if he didn't. But yep. like, um, the thing that I wonder is who made him swear this oath. What made him swear this oath? Yeah, like, it's like, there has to be a reason. I feel like he, I don't know, there's just, like, a sense that I get that it's some sort of, like, you know, authority figure over the Watcher who's told him, like, no, this is not what you do. You know, I just had this feeling that's just, like, I don't, I just had the sense that, like, there's this code of honor that, like, the Watcher is following that doesn't feel, like, necessarily imposed upon himself. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. No, I get you. And I don't, like, and, like, you know, people who've read the comics probably know about the lore of the Watchers better than I do and could answer to this, but, like, insofar as I know, like, you know, it just seems like he is still not, like, the, I guess, the top, top guy, I guess, you know, as far as, like, powerful beings are, and, like, just, like, who, under who, like, whose authority or whose code are you, like, have you been following until now? Um, or is it just, like, the way of your people, like, the people being the Watchers? Because we know that there are multiple Watchers. We've seen that in the MCU. So, yeah. like, just, like, what does that whole thing look like? What is the, their culture? What is that like? I, it just bringing up all these questions for me, you know, especially seeing, have, after having seen more of, like, the Watchers human side. I just, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if they'll answer that, you know, once they clean up this thing with Ultron. Because, man, if they don't, I'm going to be really upset with Marvel. But how many episodes do we have left at this point? Oh my gosh. Uh, wait, okay, so this was episode eight. So I want, it's just one more episode. This oh is it. Oh my gosh. It's happening. I. It's ending. I know, I'm really sad because, like, I've loved every episode. With the exception, maybe, of the zombies one, just because I hate zombies. Not a thing against, like, the writing or doing of the show, you know? Yeah. Um,. But mostly everything else, I'm like, there's something really compelling and interesting about each of these stories. And, like, seeing it, it, it all come to a head, like we like we are, it's just like, this is next level stuff. And I just wonder, like, how is it going to inform 
you know, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, uh, Spider-Man Far, or No Way Home, and, like, or, like, you know, whatever Wanda's doing next. I mean, I guess that's also Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, but, like, and yeah. also the TVA, Loki, like, what, you know, I mean, it's always, like, I mean, like, we kept asking about the multiverse for years. <laughs> yep. And now it's, like, oh, you wanted stuff about multiverse? Here, everything's about the multiverse, and we're, like, we don't know what to do with this information, <laughs> you know? Seriously, oh my gosh. There's just so many ways that this could go, and I'm expecting, like, the ultimate crossover for this last episode, you know, with not only Dark Doctor Strange, but, like, Star-Lord T'Challa, Captain Carter. I, I want them all. Like, I want them all to be rounded up in each and every multiverse. Like, what the hell is going on here? Oh, big bad guy. Yeah, I can deal with that, you know? Because we have a sense that Party Thor is definitely going to make his appearance if that epi- that episode is in the indication or whatever. But the fact that this is all coming together in a way that, like, I personally did not suspect. And I'm just really, really thrilled and very excited and just pleased by how this is going. I really appreciate that the writers, they clearly knew what they were doing from the start. They're like, yeah, okay, we can have all these different stories, but they're going to interconnect somehow, and they're going to come to a head in this, what I'm going to assume is an explosive season finale. And I'm trying not to get my hopes up for that, because unfortunately I've been in the position a couple times, especially recently, where I've watched a finale, read the last book of a series, and was just very disappointed. Mm. Where I'm just like, uh, even withstanding that it wasn't what I wanted, even like in the terms of what was given in the universe of the book or the show, it still wasn't satisfactory. So I'm just like, okay, Jen, don't got to temper your expectations here. Don't get too excited. Just be happy with what you've gotten because it's like you said, Bridget, all these episodes were awesome in their own ways. You know, I loved each and every one of them for different reasons. And Marvel did this one, this show very well. And I'm, can't wait to see how they'll wrap up this season with next week's episode. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, okay. So what are your hopes for this episode? Like the finale episode? What are your fears? I hope that, again, we get a crossover. Bring in Party Thor. Bring in Captain Carter. Bring in Star-Lord T'Challa. Bring them all in. Just please do that. I want a, an ultimate crossover. I fear that Ultron will win and that this conflict will have to resume in season two i really don't want them to kill the watcher i've grown quite attached to this man and i'm kind of afraid that that will happen i don't think it will happen but i've been proven wrong before so that's that's my thoughts for the time being i might have new thoughts that'll burst spontaneously in the middle of the night or during next week's episode i don't know um uh, what about you, Bridget? Do you have any, like, hopes, thoughts, fears? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm also hopeful and excited about the team-up. I know it's going to happen. Um, you know, with, like, Captain Carter and T'Challa Star-Lord, you know, it's, I love I love the idea of seeing them all come together again. And, you know, really, I mean, cause it's going to take everybody to, in order to stop this version of Ultron, you know? And yeah. so... I'm just, I'm really looking forward to that. And, um, you know, I think, I think just that in itself, I think would just be a really fun experience. I just imagine the character interactions would be just really great. Um, like, yep. yeah, I don't know. It's just going to be interesting tensions. I mean, what's Kilmarker going to say when he sees his cousin alive, you know, but like a different version of him or like, you know, Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, uh, or like, yeah, I mean, what's, 
I mean, uh, yeah, it's just like, what are the, how are these characters going to react to like alternate versions of themselves or people that they know and like things like that? Um, yeah, and I guess fear. Um, I haven't thought too too much about like my fears or concerns. I guess maybe it is like I have to be careful about not, not overhyping it too much. I guess one concern I have is like, how are they going to fit like all of this like the showdown like in like half an hour? I mean, we don't know what the runtime is going to actually be. But, like, given just, like, the length of the other episodes, I'm guessing it's going to be, like, not much more than that. So I'm just like, well, how can you, you know, pack so much in? It's, like, the same concern mm-hmm. I think I had about WandaVision towards the end, which, you know, I was too hard on WandaVision. It wasn't, like, the finale wasn't actually as bad as I thought it was. Um, but, like, you know, <laughs> but still, like, there were certain things I had been hoping for and, like, was let down. I think, I don't know. I don't, But otherwise, I don't really have particular, like, hopes for the episode i'm just like i'm ready for the showdown to to happen you know yep so i think i don't know i don't really kind of like have too many expectations like i didn't even expect it all to come together necessarily in the first place you know but i guess just like my hope is that it does come together in a satisfactory manner and that we get to, to see really cool awesome showdowns and like just get more about the multiverse mythology and yeah i hope that the watcher is okay you know and yeah I mean, part of me wonders, like, what's going to happen to Doctor Strange? Like, are you going to just send him back to his little bubble? Like, what what will happen to these characters right? once they come together again? Like, you know, there's just so many questions that, like, I'm just wondering how many of them will get answered. And I'm not, it's not me saying that they have to be answered, though. Like, we'll just have to see. Yeah. This is just the beginning of the multiverse. Like, it's clearly just one other iteration of it. So I, I don't necessarily need, like, all my, like, all these questions answered. Um, Like, I... You know, if we want to leave it open-ended, I'm kind of okay with that for this series. Um, it's kind of what What If has been doing throughout the whole thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah, where it's, like, kind of losing on a twist, on a cliffhanger, or a little bit of a twist, and you're like, oh, what's going to happen next? What's going to go down, yeah. you know? So, if they do that for the finale, it wouldn't really be off-brand for them, so. Fair enough, Let's yeah. see. Um, anyway, okay, I want to talk about a few little things from the episode before we, we wrap, wrapped up here officially. Um, one is that, like, Clint had an invisibility clo- cloak, yes. like, total Harry Potter yes. vibes. Oh my god, that made me lose my mind. Where did they get that? Right? Why did, why haven't they used it in anything else? Seriously. Is the writer Matthew Chauncey a big Harry Potter fan? He, he must, must be. be. Please. Yes. Oh my gosh. <sighs> so good. So good. Uh, yeah. Okay, we're talking about the Harry's Lock arc. I, I, I just want to express appreciation for Natasha with the shield. We see a little bit because like her and Steve like team up a lot, you know, and do the whole tag team with the with the shield. But still, primarily like Steve's. But like, really get to see her with a star on it too. I'm like, what is with the star on on her shield though? Because this is a Russian thing. Yeah, like, I don't remember the. It was interesting, and made me wonder too. Like, did it? Was it supposed to go to, like, um, the Red Guardian? Yeah, I was wondering that. Or... I couldn't remember what it looked yeah. like in the movie, though. So, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm just, like, misremembering. Like, her look. maybe there was a star. I just can't remember off the top of my head right now. But it was just really amazing to see her, like, be so adept at using the shield. And I'm like, you know, Sam obviously is amazing with the shield. Yes, I want him as my Captain America. And, day. like, you know, we've seen Bucky, like, in the comics be Captain America. But, like, and Captain Carter, yep. of course. yep. But let me pose, let me raise the idea of Natasha, Captain Romanoff. Yes! It's out there now. It's out there now. I love it. Anyway. <sighs> so uh, good, oh, yes. 
Yes, other pop culture reference, um, when, I mean, even when Clint is, like, down and depressed, he's just like, the Death Star plans are not in the main computer. I'm just like, Star Wars. <laughs> you made a Star Wars reference even when you're sad. <laughs> in the meantime, like, you know, the, I, I screen capped it, like, the watch is just looking so frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so perfect. Um, and you, okay, and later, uh, when he's talking about Zola, Oh, sounds like real mensch, which is a Yiddish term and that I just didn't expect to hear come out of Clint's mouth. It's it means a person of integrity and honor, and oh. I just like okay, what that all mean? right, okay. yeah, yeah. So that's what that means, real mensch, uh, mensch, mensch. Yeah. So I thought that was like, huh, all right, got a little Yiddish going on there. I mean, Yiddish is like you know certain words have become part of the common vernacular, but it's, again, it's just like interesting word choice that like Clint makes. So. Anyway, just another little character thing. Yeah. See you, Grant Rogers. Do we did we know his middle name before? We must have. Yeah, we knew that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, okay, those are the things that, that I had saved. Any other last minute little things that you noticed? Um, just that I was a little confused as to why they kept out Wanda and Pietro. Like uh, granted, I can assume that they've killed off Pietro, but I figured at least they should show Wanda giving up one hell of a fight against Ultron because I mean the dude had a hand in killing her brother you would think that her magic even though it was kind of fledgling and kind of chaotic at the time that she would have at least put up a good fight so it was a little I thought it was an interesting choice that they did not show that you know and granted they didn't have to show every single death that happened I mean they didn't show uh, the Hulks or Caps which I'm grateful for I didn't need to see that you know but at the same time, I'm just like, out of all the characters who could have put up a decent fight, I, I figured Wanda would have been one of them. So, hmm, interesting choice. That's true. We don't even see her, like, we don't see her body. We see Thor's and uh, Cap's and and the Hulk's, but not hers. Yeah, I thought that was an inter interesting choice on their part, and I'm not sure why they did that. But at the same time, I'm just like, okay, just... Don't think too much hard. Don't think too hard about it. The only time we ever really see her in this "What If" series is as a zombie, you know. So, don't know what that means. So maybe we'll see her more in the second season. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I got nothing. Just thought it was curious. Yeah, no, you're so right. I didn't even like think about that, but she really should. I mean, like, and it's like, did Pietro even necessarily die the same way he does? Because again, the whole Sokovia thing seems to like not really be. A thing in this alternate universe so where were they yeah you know i mean were they were they did they even team up with the adventures at all were they just like like trying to save their own skin but it didn't work out that's kind of what i imagine maybe happened yeah definitely yeah i have no idea but either way i thought it was just an interesting choice on the writer's part just no it is it is a very deliberate choice that like i realized that like oh man i'm ashamed of myself for not noticing myself because like yeah you would think that she would have put up with like put up a fight and like i'm not sure like necessarily if like the there wasn't necessarily room for that you know because again everybody was dead except for tony who has the last line like you don't have to do this <laughs> <laughs> which is the most cliche thing to say actually that was a pretty cliche thing to write but like you know even the watcher says it, i'm just like yeah you don't have to say that either <laughs> i don't know i always thought i've always thought that was kind of a cliche but anyway um all right I'm going to say one more thing that I realized when I was looking up um, what if thing just to make sure that, yes, I was correct that, like, there were only nine episodes. Apparently, a lot of people have been complaining about the number of, like, Tony Stark deaths <laughs> on the series. And I just want to, I just want to say, okay, 
any Tony Stark fans who are maybe happen to be listening, I'm going to just apologize again. But, like, I'm a little bit, like, what? Like, because the whole MCU was dominated by Tony Stark. The main MCU that we know, like, a lot of the stories about him. I mean, he even took over Captain America Civil War, even though the title was Captain America yep. Civil War. You know, like, uh, like he got so much screen time. And I think, like, part of the appeal for What If series for me was to see, you know, more characters get the limelight, you know? Seriously, though. And, like, there's nothing, like, inherently wrong. Or, I mean, like, I understand, like, being upset. Like, okay, so if it was me, like, seeing, like, Steve die over and over again, you know, like, like, seemingly relentlessly, I mean, actually, now that I think about it, okay, which ones has he died in? Like, you don't really see, I mean, obviously, he dies in the zombie one. He dies, he dies in the zombie one. He dies in this one. In this one, when, um, uh, Hank is killing off all the Avengers, he dies, no, wait, he wasn't there. No, no, he no, didn't, he, didn't. he stayed alive, we just didn't see him, remember? That's right, that's right. He is alive there. Okay. Uh, well, in Captain Carter. Okay, so, like, alright, no, alright, I was just trying to think, like, how many times did I have to see Steve die? He usually died, like, off-screen, though. Yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting choice on their part, too. Huh. Yeah. So, okay, alright, but let's say, like, he died more publicly, more prominently, I had to watch it, like, many, many times. You know, so, like, I understand, like, the reaction of, like, why did you have to keep killing this character I love so much? Like, I get, I get that. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, okay, is this really something to, like, complain about when, like, in the MCU, again, there's just, like, there's a lot of Tony Stark-focused stuff. Yep. Like, like in the Avengers movies, too, like, like really focus on, like, you know, on his struggles, you know? Ultron himself is, like, a product of that. So, like, I can't help but feel like this is, like, a little bit silly. Um, <laughs> but, again, this, this is my bias as someone who's not, like, who is more of a fan of Steve Rogers and of, like, Peggy Carter and you know, like lots of other characters who are not Tony Stark, you know, so I will acknowledge that there is bias in me saying that, but at the same time, I really do just kind of very strongly feel like an objective level, like well, Tony got so much got to take up so much space in the MCU and I think it is the time for us to let other characters get more of that screen time and that character exploration you know, I think this is this is the moment to have that, you know, for more female characters specifically uh, but also characters of color, you know, like mm-hmm. this is a chance for for them to shine more, and I think that's important, you know, because the fact of the matter is, like Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., rich white guy, you know, nothing inherently wrong with that, you know, but like, and, and like, not even necessarily anything inherently wrong with like that he gets a lot of screen time in the MCU. I think one of the points that overpowers the other characters' stories being told. And when, like, you know, audience members are, like, criticizing this series for, you know, killing him off so many times, it's kind of like, really, I don't know. I just feel like you need to take a step back and really think about the optics of that and what that means. And, like, you know, I don't know. There's no easy way to say that. And, like, and, and, you know, and I say this as someone who is a fan of, you know, the white boy Steve Rogers, right? And, like... You know, so, like, I acknowledge my own, like, thing with that, too. And, like, you know, so in general, like, we need more stories about women and character- and people of color and other identities, you know, in the MCU. And, like, it's, like, I'm making this maybe bigger than it's supposed to be, necessarily, but 
don't know. It just got me on on this whole <laughs> big <laughs> big picture thinking. I'm just like, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? You know. Uh, but basically, what I'm trying to say is like, you know, I'm sure there'll be like a what if episode where Steve or uh, sorry, where Tony's okay. Um, but in the meantime, I don't think it's worth like making a huge fuss about it. That's just like how I feel. Yeah, and I I don't blame you. Like, I I did notice that they've been killing him off and that he hasn't been prominent. But I didn't really think much of it, honestly. I just acknowledged that it was there and was just like, all right, whatever. I do. I was curious to see about T'Challa, Captain Carter, zombies, you know, so I, it didn't bother me at all, you know. And you're right, honestly, like, no offense to Tony Stark, RDJ, you know, this is coming from someone who likes Tony Stark, not a fan, but I like him, you know, just, I like him. But... Yeah, honestly, give everyone else a turn to shine, you know, and for those of you who are complaining, just go watch the MCU movies, you'll feel a lot better. Trust me, just, just you're, you're gonna be fine. And maybe he will pop up in the second season, maybe he won't, but either way, just calm down. Focus on the great things and the great characters that we're being given right now, seriously. How often do we get to see all this creativity and, like, hearing... Of actors voice their characters which honestly like it's not easy to voice act you know you could be a great actor but voice acting it's it's a little tough because you can't quite go along with the movements that your character is doing you just gotta kind of act like you're doing all kinds of things you know so the fact that most of these actors had no trouble going from physically acting to voice acting is really incredible and we get to see these sides of characters that we have not had the chance to see so enjoy that folks enjoy the positives of what we are seeing of what not what we're not seeing you know what i'm saying yeah and like this is me saying like you know i hope there is like one like what if like where we can see tony happy like i really do i i mean that like you know, maybe there's an episode, like, where he can, like, live in that cabin with his daughter forever, you know? And, like... I want that so much, yeah. So, you know, and so, yeah, on one hand, I get it, you know? Like, being upset, like, because he, he did die in the main MCU. Now he's dying here and here and here, you know? Um, so, so I do understand that, um, and I do sympathize with that. But I also think, you know, it's not about him. You know, this, this What If series is not meant to be about him. Um, or any one particular character, and we all have our favorites, and we all have our likes and dislikes, and what we what we want of the series. And you know what? You know we're all you know. I just hope we all can can all like find something to enjoy from the What If series because I think it is a really really great series, and I hope we can appreciate it for what it is. I hope I can appreciate it for what it is, even if the, the finale does suck. You know, even if I uh -huh. I have to see Steve Rogers die or Peter Parker die or <laughs> that'd be rough, uh -huh. but like um. You know, but, like, I'm excited to see where it does go, and I'm excited to see other iterations of, like, you know, all the characters, including Tony Stark, and just to see where else they can take this premise of what if. Like, I think that'll be really cool and interesting, you know, and I hope for, yeah. Yeah, I just hope that we can all, like, continue to, to enjoy the what if series for, for what it is and what it does give us, even if a lot of the things are pretty dark and tragic, you know? Mm -hmm. Um so anyway, yeah, okay, I'll get off my soapbox now. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening, y'all. Um, we so appreciate your support and listening to us. Um, this is definitely a passion project of ours. 
But if you could show your support by leaving us a rating or review on Apple iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. And if you want to keep in touch with us in other ways, you can uh, hit us up on our website, nerdalertgirls.tumblr.com, or email us at nerdalertgirlspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time on... Nerd Alert! Girls. Adios. Bye-bye.